Welcome to the Tape Cassette Podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I'm here to talk to you today about the Grateful Dead tape cassette culture, subculture, I guess you could say, within the tape world, and kind of how uh, their whole way of thinking about music and how it's shared kind of created this revolutionary concept. Um, a little bit about the Grateful Dead. If you do not know who the Grateful Dead are, they are what's considered a jam band. Um, they're really the pioneers in the jam band world, and they were formed in the 60s in Palo Alto, which is uh, pretty close to San Francisco. It's in the Bay Area, I guess you could say, um, of California. And they're known for their eclectic style, which had a bunch of different stuff from like rock to folk to kind of like bluesgrass. It's definitely recommend listening to them if you've never heard them before because it's a little bit easier to watch or hear than explain what it is that they sound like. So, um, I guess let me start by the fact that the idea for this podcast episode did come from the questions I asked on a cassette culture subreddit of Reddit, uh, Essentially, I asked what everyone wanted to hear about, and one of them was about the Grateful Dead tape exchanging and tapes. So I did some research on it. I was aware that there were tapes, but I didn't really know that much about it. So I did think it was an excellent topic to go over because I did learn a whole lot of stuff. And in the last week since the last podcast, I was able to do a bunch of research on it. I watched a couple of documentaries, um, some were like 20 minutes and then some interviews that were like five minutes. And then there was a one documentary I watched that was like a full hour long documentary. Um, most of the time I actually just play the video and I do other things. So I, I'm mainly listening to the audio, which I guess I like audio because this is a tape podcast and there's talking and it's audio. So who would have thought? Um, anyway, so I guess, let me start with this part of it. Um, one of the musicians in The Grateful Dead was named Mickey Hart, and he was a percussionist from, I think, like, 67 to about 95. And I might be biased towards leaning towards percussionists because I, I am a percussionist myself, and I, I always tend to like to hear what the drummers have to say, so to speak, because I do think a lot of music, the the drums and percussion are kind of like the backbone of things. And uh, listening to him talk, there was a couple interviews that he did. One of them was specifically talking about how the tapes kind of helps make them quote-unquote viral. And he even says, like, there was no such thing as viral back then. But if there was that term back then, tape exchanging let them be viral. So the way that he had explained it was that they had a bunch of concerts. I mean, there were so many concerts that people would follow them from show to show because each show was a different experience. So you might be thinking, like, well, if you've never been to a jam band show, you might be wondering why would someone go to 10 shows for the same band? And it's a very good question because it would seem 
kind of ludicrous to someone that wasn't in jam bands. But the way that uh, the Grateful Dead even describes their shows is most of it is improv. I think Jerry Garcia, who was one of the most well-known of the group, they're all very well-known, but a lot of people, when they think Grateful Dead, they think Jerry Garcia. And um, one of the things he would always constantly say interview after interview was that 80% of the show was improvised. They didn't have a set list. They were jamming. So it was almost like a really, I guess you could say, like, imagine that there's a musician and they're in the studio and it could be any kind of music. Like, we could be talking about rock or you could even be talking about hip hop, but they're in that and they're just jamming and they're playing music and it's kind of coming all natural and, uh, you know, they're, they're in the moment, I guess you could say. So jam bands kind of do that where it's like in the moment, it's improv Um, a lot of it, like, they might have, like, a song where they're, okay, we know we're going to be playing a C major in this, or whatever the case may be, and then they kind of just, like, jam with it. And then periodically, you have what are called solos, um, or, uh, I guess, so I, I, as my background, I grew up, uh, in band in high school, so, uh, when you were in jazz band, or even concert band, there would be moments where the rest of the band would kind of play a melody or just kind of keep the groove going. And then one person would get the spotlight where they got to freestyle on an instrument. So, and if you think about it, like from jazz perspective, this goes through all different types of genres. And to go back to Grateful Dead, it's essentially you would have these jamming sessions where the live show was kind of like a jam session. So that's where the term jam band comes from. Um, or at least that's my own interpretation of it. But basically, they're just jamming. And what was happening, and this is this is information straight from Mickey Hart in his interviews, was that people were coming to the shows and they paid for their tickets, but they were bringing their recording devices. And most of the people were doing it on cassettes, but some of them were doing it on reel-to-reel and 8-track, which is even more epic. Because, like, cassettes are a little bit, obviously, more convenient. They're more compact. They're literally called compact tapes. Um, So you had people showing up in the fields of the concert with recording devices. Now... Think about when you go to a concert in modern time, there is no way in heck that you're going to be able to bring in your own recording device. That's just the reality of it. So when this was happening with Grateful Dead and Mickey Hart talks about it, he had, well, him and the other members had the opportunity to be like, okay, let's ban recording all together. Or they could just embrace it. Because if they banned it, they were going to have to have people check in their stuff, and then, like, people were going to be upset. And they were like, you know what? We don't want to be the bad guys and tell them that they can't record. They pay for the ticket, so why not just, like, let them in, let them record the shows. And one of the things that it kind of, like, that Mickey Hart also said in this interview was that the cassettes and getting them from the show was almost like an artifact and kind of like a a proof that, hey, I went to this show. And the importance of the tapes for these concerts was because they're jamming, and if they weren't recorded, 
you would never be able to hear that exact music again because it's live, it's improv and I mean, they could go into a studio and record the same song, but you're not going to get that energy that's at a show. And that is what kind of started this whole culture within the Grateful Dead community of collecting these tapes. And it was almost like tokens. Like, I kind of think of it, I obviously wasn't around during that time frame. It's before my time. Um, but I would imagine that having the tapes was kind of like, hey, I got this show from whenever, whenever. You got this show, let's trade. And the whole concept was that Grateful Dead was okay with you recording the shows if you promised not to profit off of them. So, like, you could exchange with people, uh, trade tapes, this, that, and the other, but if you were making, like, a huge profit on it, then it was considered uh, really not acceptable. And then from what I saw online, this I did not find this information from the interviews with Mickey Hart or any of the other Grateful Dead, but what I read online was that eventually they started having a ticket specifically for audio recording, and what would happen is that the audio would connect to the soundboards so that they were getting the high-quality audio, and then it was, like, the same concept where you could trade them or whatever the case may be. And uh, it, it was really interesting because it was basically, like, people came in, they recorded it, they already paid for the show, and they just wanted something to take with them so that they could listen to the show later and stuff, and I thought that was really cool. And... I know that there are also a lot of musicians that have done something similar. I know that Metallica was uh, doing something where they would record the shows and have them, like, you. I don't know if it was like you'd pay for it and then it would be mailed out to you. Um, I know that Linkin Park also had a lot of recordings of their shows and there's people that would trade them, like, online and then... In specific, a show that I remember going to was also a jam band called Umphreys McGee. And this was like when I was in high school or something. They would have uh, the same concept where you could pay for the album of the show that you just watched, which is always like always really cool to get a copy of that because you're like, I lived in that moment and then you can listen to it again later. So, um, I did want to give like a funny story of how I got to know about the Grateful Dead because my dad listened to it a bit. My dad was super into music, which I'm pretty sure is a somewhat direct correlation of me being into music, but I do know he liked Grateful Dead. Um, I don't know if he was like a deadhead and I'm, I'm pretty sure he just really liked music and that was one of the music that he listened to. But my first experience with Grateful Dead, other than listening to it on car rides and stuff, was when I went into a record shop or, like, a music shop. I don't remember if it was, like, an FYE or if it was Peaches or wherever it was. But I saw these little teddy bears that were the Grateful Dead teddy bears. And I was, like, really young. And I just thought they were the coolest little things because they were, like, tie-dye colored. And when you're, like a little eight or nine year old girl or any kid is like, these little teddy bears are awesome. <laughs> so I thought they were cool. And then I asked like my dad what they were. And then he explained that they were for the band. So, and there's like a whole, uh, just like side note, there's a whole thing for merchandise from Grateful Dead. But I thought, so this was like 
kind of a moment where I realized, like, okay, why is it that I'm drawn to cassettes? And one of the biggest things was the word artifact, which is what Mickey Hart said. And I, and I apologize that this is mostly Mickey Hart conversations <laughs> because I listen to his interviews the most. And again, biased opinion because I'm a percussionist. I tend to gravitate towards fellow percussionists. But he th the other reason is he has a lot of other stuff to say, which I'll go into a little bit further as well. But the, the key word there was artifacts. Okay, so... To, like, if you think about what an artifact is, so if you go to a museum and you look at artifacts, like, you see, like, you know, bowls or, or sculptures or whatever from, like, different cultures, okay? So if you think about music and tape cassettes as an artifact, it's a similar thing because it's a piece of history that was used culturally um, it just so happens that it's also holding data, which is music. So I am strongly in the same streamline of thought with the fact that these are artifacts. And I think that's part of my drawing towards them is that these are little pieces of history that somebody can play back and experience something from a different time period. So the Grateful Dead tapes is a perfect example because these were in the 60s, 70s, uh, even 80s and 90s. And a lot of, like, I don't like using the word millennials, but, like, a lot of younger folk or people that are, like, not from that generation now have the opportunity to experience some of the music that was from a previous generation and point in time and even century in a different time period because of the fact that there were tapes. So uh, it was just kind of when he said artifacts, it's like sometimes I think stuff, but I don't know why it is that I think it. And then somebody that's smarter than I am in whatever topic that it is that I like will be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. This is why. And then it's like a light bulb that goes off, and it's like, yeah, that's totally it. Tape cassettes are artifacts. So these tape cassettes from Grateful Dead are very much so artifacts. And I really love the fact that they were encouraging of it, because I, th I think about a lot of my favorite musicians that have made it are not stuff that you would see, like, on a top 100s you know, like, billboard. But the fact is that those people started to love Grateful Dead because it was, like, it became another, like, it became a different realm of things. Like, no one else was letting them record the shows. They're like, hey, yeah, do whatever you want. As long as you pay for a ticket to get in, you can record, take a tape home, swap them with each other. That's cool. Um, so that was kind of a really cool thing to think about. And I do, in general, I believe that if you are providing more of a value to the person that you're trying to reach, you will get more in the end. And that is a prime example. But you shouldn't do something just like in, you know, to get something. But it's it's just kind of like people love their music. They love that they're able to swap tapes with each other. And I don't think that, like, 
from even from listening to the interview, it wasn't like Grateful Dead's like, yeah, bring your tape cassettes and record us so you can trade and then make this huge world of just people that collect tapes and trade with each other. Like, that's not what they were about. They were just like, we're jamming. People want to bring their tapes. Go ahead, bring your tapes. We're not going to be here, like, telling you and making you check-in stuff or whatever the case may be. And honestly, it does make a big difference. Um, I went to a few concerts recently. I went to an Odessa concert, and I also went to Taco Cat. Taco Cat had no restrictions on media so you were able to record and uh at the show specifically I did reach out to the band beforehand um and then Odessa it was like you couldn't even have like a GoPro with you and I'm like uh okay why would that be but it was just more fun going to one concert versus the other because I felt like you know like what if I wanted to capture it I don't plan on putting the full like show online or anything but it would be like more like I want to listen to it when I'm at home you know which is you're like the it's just from a marketing standpoint which that's not what Grateful Dead's about it just makes sense because it's like you know it's a jam band they're 80 percent of it is improv like they say and the fact that you can only experience that once people wanted to trade the tapes and I think it's, like, a brilliant thing. Like, if I were playing live, I'd want the exact same thing. And it, you know, it would, it's just perfect that way. So another thing that I did want to bring up was with uh, Mickey Hart in specific is that continuing with the artifacts is that he started a project that was called the Endangered Music Project, And um, literally one of the quotes he said, and I'm reading this now, is music is a very large part of history because they keep their histories in their music. So what was that in regards to? In specific, what that was in regards to was that this project he created was to capture sounds of endangered music. So uh, basically like tribes, different parts of the world where if if the people that were in the tribes or areas where this music was, if they are no longer there, this music would be lost forever because there were no recordings. And one of the things that I also thought was really cool was Mickey Hart was really into recording. And I think that is also one of the reasons why he was he and the others were so open to having things recorded because like, he was so adamant about the fact that these cassettes are, are artifacts that he created a project to save music from different areas that people wouldn't be able to listen to it. And I was able to find, like, if you look up, it was kind of hard to find online because I, I heard him talking about it and then I really, really got interested in the Endangered Music Project. So, If you type Endangered Music Project online, it'll bring you to some government website, and then it'll show you the albums that came out from it. And if you put that into Spotify, I don't know if it'll work, but in Apple Music, it did show up. And basically, these... It's like music from areas that you wouldn't go to, and some of it was... um, I'm, I'm originally from Brazil, So some of it was Brazilian music, which are from, like, 
little villages and colonies where it's like, if this, like, it's true. Like, the reason you wanted to save it is because if that music's gone, like, no one's ever going to hear it. Like, if they didn't record that music, some of us might not have ever heard the music that came from those colonies. And I'm not talking about intruding in a colony or or village that is, like, remote island where they don't want to be contacted by humans. I'm talking about people that, like, might, they, they might be open to visitors or whatever the case may be where they have music and they wanted it recorded or just, it, it's just an important part of history and... I think that, I th- like, I really think that The Grateful Dead was, like, ahead of its time because, like, now there's so many jam bands, or maybe they're just because they're the pioneers of it, but there's so many jam bands, and I know that um, one of the jam bands I've seen a few times was Disco Biscuits, and it's a similar concept, and even with Fish, like, we're... I don't know if... Disco Biscuits is a little bit newer, so to speak, so I don't know if people are... Cl- trading tapes, but they definitely were trading audio from show to show. Um, but the ones, you know, like fish that I'm pretty sure there are fish tapes as well, but the Grateful Dead was like, that was like a thing that people did was record the tapes. Um, so let me see. I'm just reading my notes here to see if there's anything else I missed, (laughs) which yeah, it's basically, it's, yeah, it's basically what I kind of went over already. I I hit on all the major stuff. But yeah, it's it's um it's very important like what they had done and I think uh whoever had posted that I do that topic, I'm very grateful for that because I was able to kind of dive a little bit deeper and see what it's about. And it was funny because I didn't really pay attention to it and then now that it was brought up like on all my forums and, like, even my Twitter feed, uh, I have one feed where it tells me, like, what tapes are up for auction, and there's, like, a bunch of Grateful Dead tapes and stuff, but it's, it's pretty cool, and I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, at the very least, check out some of the documentaries on YouTube, like, they're totally free to watch. Um, some of them have those little ads or whatever, but it's definitely worth checking out, and it's awesome to see that, because of a band's ability to give more to their audience and let them take home something that they were able to explode as much as they did because it's like I know there's a lot more there's you could literally probably do like multiple episodes just on Grateful Dead but for the reason of tape cassettes I think that their tapes did help propel them in the right direction and I definitely recommend checking out some of the Mickey Hart interviews because he seems to from what those um, interviews I watched he seems to have a kind of appreciation for tape recordings and you know being able to save music um, which was super super cool and that is all for today's episode um I did also, I don't know if this is called a plug or whatever, because they're pretty much sold out, but I did want to thank the cassette community as well, um, because yesterday was the Apollo 11 50th anniversary, and I did an impromptu do-it-yourself album that sold out within four hours, which was, like, mind-blowing, and, um, part of the inspiration of putting it at a dollar was because of the concept of Grateful Dead and, like, how they were able to give to the community and that helped spread. Not that I'm, I wasn't trying to overly spread, but I did want to have it 
at a low cost because a lot of it was archive audio. And um, speaking of archive audio, you can go to archive.org and there is a lot of these tapes that I'm talking about with the Grateful Dead tapes where you can listen to them on there. So definitely check it out. I don't think that they're public domain in the sense that you can record it into whatever, whatever. It's like free for you to listen to essentially but you can check it out there for free um that's just the archive.org and that's actually a spot that I get a lot of the public domain creative commons content for my own mixtapes so it's pretty cool well I hope you have an awesome day night whatever it is that you're doing right now hope you have a great time and if you have any questions feel free to reach out have a great day